the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, sponsored by Bay Ridge Honda. Portions of this program are pre-recorded. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. I'm sorry to disappoint, but it is not Arthur Idala tonight. This is Joe Sibilia, uh, guest hosting for Arthur Idala, who is uh, currently out of pocket, but uh, will be back tomorrow with you from 6 to 7 right here on AM 970, The Answer. I'm so honored to be here with you tonight. If, if you are not familiar with me, I am the executive producer of The Joe Piscopo Show, which airs uh, on this radio station uh, weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m., and uh, Arthur Idala approached me. Uh, I would say kind of last minute, and he had asked me if I would be willing to fill in for him. And I said, are, are, are you talking to me, the one with the red hair? And he said, yeah, you. And I, I said, well, I would only be so honored to fill your alligator skin shoes. So uh, thank you for welcoming me into your car, into your home, onto your phone, wherever you may be. And a big thank you to my boss, Jerry Crowley. I hope all goes well today, and I think it will, uh, because I am talking about the city that I love as much as Arthur Idala loves. And uh, with me today in studio is the great Matt Sambolin. How I are am, you, Matt? I am here, and you know, you couldn't do this by yourself, right? Uh, uh, me? Uh, yeah. No, I, I could not do it alone. <laughs> I need you there behind the board, making sure everything is firing off as it should. Now, the only thing I don't know, I, I should have checked with Arthur, considering he's a lawyer, is whether or not the name Sam Bellino is trademarked. So I'm not too sure if I actually have the right to refer to you as such. But I think for today I'm going to appropriate the nickname Sam Bellino, and uh, uh, I, okay. I'll call you that. You can say it because you know, every time you do say it... <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> and that's why we love San Bellino. So, and much as I love San Bellino, I love New York City and all of the history that is in this city. When I was a student at Hofstra University, where we were on Friday, I used to love coming to New York. I was an intern here with Joe Piscopo then. And just to be around the history, to be in this building, this historic building that is the Trinity Building, the gargoyles, the architecture, you, you can't find it anywhere else in America, the beauty, the history, and the stories behind everything. But the thing that has really, excuse me, the thing that has really bothered me uh, in the past couple of years, ever since the pandemic, 
is the fact that so much of the history is disappearing uh, for one reason or another, usually because of the almighty dollar. And I'm afraid to say that yet another historic New York City landmark is going to be uh, going away, at least for now, and hopefully just for now. Uh, That would be the Irish pub called Rosie O'Grady's. It's located at 7th Avenue and West 52nd Street in Manhattan. I know, I know. Ladies and gentlemen, don't turn on me yet. Uh... But Rosie O'Grady's is uh, going to be closing its doors after 43 years in business. July 1st will be the restaurant's last day in operation. And I I have walked past this place thousands of times, and it is just – I can't picture taking my walk near Rockefeller Center or Times Square or wherever you may be in midtown Manhattan without passing – Rosie O'Grady's it is a historic landmark in the city, not maybe not officially, but in my book, it's a historic landmark. But, you know, this is not the only uh, business and the only, you know, tenant tentpole of the say, city. This, unfortunately, this has been a trend that we've seen for the past couple of years. I know it's it's so unfortunate. Uh, two of my favorite places that I honestly I never even got a chance to frequent in my time in New York, Caroline's, which was in Times Square. For several years, and even more so for me, Dangerfields was a victim of the pandemic. Uh, Dangerfields, if you can keep this in mind, opened in 1969. Now, Rodney Dangerfield had opened this comedy club because he had been out on the road and touring and doing his thing, and his wife had been very ill, and his wife passed away, and he was now a single father with a young son and a young daughter. And rather than continue to pursue these lucrative engagements, he wanted to stay closer to home. So we opened the Dangerfields nightclub in Manhattan. And so many people at the time called him crazy that he would open a nightclub. This is when a lot of places like the Copacabana were closing. And Rodney Dangerfield beat the odds, and the club was a tremendous success for him. Uh, He paid off all his debt in the first year opening Dangerfields. And that stage had been graced by the likes of Jay Leno, Tim Allen, Jerry Seinfeld, Bill Hicks, Sam Kinison, uh, Jeff Foxworthy. I could go on and on. His HBO specials were filmed at Dangerfields. And to think that that is gone forever j- just because of this fluke thing that we call the pandemic. Uh, it closed back in October 2020 after operating for uh, 50 continuous years. Uh, and they had said they wanted to reopen into another location. But to me, you know, that's just not enough for me. I like the idea of sitting in the room where Rodney Dangerfield sat. I like the idea of being where the action really was. You can't replicate that magic that is in the walls and seeped into the walls. It's similar with another institution of New York City that I am a, a member of and Arthur Idala is very involved with, that being the Friars Club. I uh, host a podcast called the Friars Club Podcast and I am a proud member of the Friars, and if you have read the news, there have been some reports uh, that are uh, predicting a less than favorable future for the organization, but I'm hopeful and uh, I'm continuing to pray that Arthur Idala can pull us out of uh, the, uh, the, the, the little bit of a hole that the club has been in, and if Arthur can't do it, I don't think anybody can do it, but I'm confident that the Friars Club is going to survive. You know, and not only uh, the Friars Club... But, you know, it's funny to think about this. If you stop for a second, there was a great showplace of the nation. In fact, there still is called Radio City Music Hall. Now, Radio City fell on quite hard times in the 1970s. And what had happened was they were about to demolish 
the entire theater. They were going to possibly turn it into a tennis court or shopping malls or put the American Stock Exchange there. And some people came together and it gained landmark status sort of in the 11th hour. A brilliant showman by the name of Bob Yanni came in and helped revitalize it, put on some great shows and revitalized the Christmas Spectacular. But more importantly... Radio City reinvented itself. It was no longer, you know, this old movie house where people would go and watch, you know, four hours of newsreels and short cartoons and uh, double features and what have you. It became an event center, more or less. Now you have stars like John Mulaney perform there and uh, Sebastian Maniscalco and Tony Bennett and you name it. And Tony Bennett, of course, had his big farewell concert there with Lady Gaga. So... Uh, Radio City has proven it can beat the odds, and I hope that the Friars Club and some of these other institutions that are still around uh, will be able to do the same. Now, uh, fortunately, uh, here in New York, uh, some things have not fallen by the wayside of time uh, because of the pandemic, and that includes in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, where they had a big Fifth Avenue street festival. Now, Matt Sambolin and I went. We had a great time there, and Matt was so generous. There was one thing I wanted as I was walking down the street— It just caught my eye. His daughter wanted to buy a hat, and I I thought I was too good for it, but it was love at first sight. It was a stuffed animal, you know, a plush toy of the Kool-Aid man. And, Matt, you were so generous to buy that for me. And you could tell I was really trying to show you I don't—I'm 27. What what do I want that for? You gave me that puppy dog eye look, and I said, all right, I got to do something nice for him. So, And then then Matt made me go on to another ride and humiliate myself. I won't even go to that. But what had happened then was (laughs) I get off the ride, and I start to break into a cold sweat. I'm looking all around, and I— I'm like a lost child. And finally, I blurt out, where's my Kool-Aid, man? <laughs> so my cool facade was completely shattered right there in that moment. But Bay Ridge was really hopping, and it was great to see. Uh, coming up on the show, we uh, next, uh, we have Mike Carty Jr. from Rosie O'Grady's to talk, uh, talk to us a little bit about the restaurant's history. And also joining us is the host and uh, executive producer of the television series Road Trip Masters, Nick Kessler. How did he go from junior high school shop teacher to television star, you're going to find out coming up right here with Joe Sibilia on the Arthur Idala Power Hour on AM 970, The Answer. No fits, no fights, no feuds, and no egos. Amigos, together. Through thick and through thin, all out or all in. And whether it's win, place, or show. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. 
Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michael's of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michael's of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michael's of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michael's of Brooklyn signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michael's of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. Car payments, credit card payments, home loans. Man, that's a lot of debt for you to carry. Let us help you get caught up when you enter the $18,000 Get Caught Up Sweepstakes. The grand prize winner gets up to $10,000 in debt relief. Three first prize winners will get up to $1,000 in debt relief. And 10 second prize winners will get $500 in debt relief. That's $18,000 total. And that could be you. Go to am970theanswer.com to enter. That's am970theanswer.com. Okay, folks, exciting news from Connors and Sullivan. We all know that we need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a healthcare proxy, a living will. We know we need to address our estate plan. And how are you going to do that? Our friends at Connors and Sullivan are going to give you a free seminar and have all of your questions answered by Mike Connors himself. Monday, June 19th at Buckley's Restaurant in Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Tuesday, June 20th at DeLuca's Trattoria, 616 Forest Avenue, Staten Island. 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Wednesday, June 21st at the Greenhouse Cafe and 3rd Avenue in Brooklyn, New York at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Thursday, June 22nd at Connolly's Corner, Grand Avenue in Maspeth, Queens, 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Friday, June 23rd at the Adria Hotel, Northern Boulevard in Bayside, Queens, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. And if you can't make any of these free seminars, call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. 718-238-6500. And as Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all listen to am 970 the answer on alexa tune in iheart or odyssey.com Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. This is your guest host, Joe Sibilia, filling in for the legendary Arthur Idala. And if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, we've been talking a little bit about uh, the closure or the upcoming closure of uh, the historic pub Rosie O'Grady's at 7th Avenue and West 52nd Street in Midtown Manhattan. July 1st is uh, Rosie O'Grady's last day in business, and we wanted to have uh, the co-owner of Rosie O'Grady's on, and his name is Mike Carty Jr. Mike, thank you so much for making time for us today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, guys. Thanks for having us. Well, thank you for being on. Now, before I ask you what I want to ask you about uh, the story of your restaurant, I have another very special guest with me here in studio, my boss, the general manager of AM970, The Answer, Mr. Jerry Crowley. Jerry, thank you for making the time as well. Well, hi, Michael. How are you? And, uh, listen, we're sorry, Hello, to Jerry. S- hi, we're sorry to see Rosie O'Grady's close. I did business in my media life with your dad for, like, seemingly ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't hurt yeah. that he, it didn't hurt that you have an Irish name and that I'm Irish. We always got a <laughs> kick out of that, right? Crowley and Cardi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, boy, a lot of beer went down over that. But, le- <laughs> but let me say this. You were always yeah, the you, one. You're welcome. You were always the wonder of the restaurant industry because everybody seemed to know pretty much the rent that you paid at that location was prime <clears> location <throat> in the millions a year. 
and that you stood fast for so long, frankly, is amazing. And congratulations on that. Thank you so much, Jerry. Yeah, really appreciate that, yeah. You bet. And we look forward to when you open again. Give us a call. We'll come over. We want to res- we want to support any industry or business that has supported New York the way you have. Been frankly amazing. Uh, All right, you served a lot of hamburgers, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we did, we did, and we still are for a little few more days. Yeah. So, yeah. Mike, uh, let me ask you a little bit first about the history of Rosie O'Grady. As you've been uh, at this location for 43 years, uh, how, how did uh, the restaurant get started, and uh, why did your father decide to get into this business? That's a great question. Um, I think my father is a testament to the whole American dream, you know. He was, uh, and I wasn't expected to be asked that question, but he, you know, he's a guy who left home at 15, left Ireland, and... Uh, Went to London and then went up in the Bronx with his brother John and, uh, you know, worked construction and um, <clears throat> did the usual stuff that the Irish immigrants and all the immigrants did when they first came out here. They just worked hard. And uh, he, he and my mother opened a bar and uh, they opened another and they opened another, you know, and eventually they opened a place and they called it Rose Your Grade. And it was really kind of, you know, I mean, it's a great story. And if you had all day, I might get to half of it, you know. <laughs> but um, that was kind of it, you know. I, I can only imagine. So let me ask you: Rosie O'Grady is in such is in such a prime location because it's near Times Square, Rockefeller Center, the Jacob Javits Center. It is truly in the heart of Manhattan. When you say something is in the heart of Manhattan, how critical right. has the location of the restaurant been to the success that you had for the last forty three years? The location has been fantastic, you know. And, uh, yeah, he's been here. He opened up here in 1980. So uh, his, the first roses were down in Murray Street, just as the World Trade Centers were opening up. So that was, you know, kind of his his first big risky move. But then, yeah, so the location has been fantastic. We've been relying on, um, you know, the business, the uh, the offices, the, uh, the hotels, the theater. I mean, we're just, like you say, in the heart of it. So, um, and it's just been a great, a great relationship we've had with all those those industries here in Midtown, you know. So I had heard that there are plans to possibly reopen in the near future. Is is this the case, Mike? I don't know. I, I, I wish I could say yes for sure. I honestly don't know. We're not, unfortunately, leaving on our terms. You know, it's not it's not the way we would have liked to have, you know, we would love to have been able to stay here longer. So it's tough, you know. So we would love to open up nearby for sure. But there's nothing, <clears throat> nothing, uh, you know, no plans as of yet. So how would you say uh, did the pandemic and even apps before that, things like DoorDash and Uber Eats, mm-hmm. how has that cut into the brick-and-mortar restaurant business model in your estimation? Yeah. Joe, this is entirely due to the pandemic. You know, we, we did have a really high rent here, and really high, but we had done some renovations on the place when the after the last rent reset in order to increase our revenue here. We opened up another catering hall uh, <clears throat> that fit another 280 people, you know, and that was in 20. We did that in 27. Well, 2018, the rent was reset in 20, the end of 2016. Anyways, we um, 2019 was our best year ever here. And we were moving towards making this, you know, uh, continue to to we were planned on being here for at this point we plan on being here for another 25 years you know the, the 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 lease was anyway so we um the pandemic hit and that was it we just we were ordered to be shut down in march of 2020 
we reached out. We had a force majeure clause in our lease, which I don't know if you know, but that's a um, it was a clause that said if we were shut down by the government or an act of God, we were uh, we were we were not in default and uh, we didn't pay our rent. And yet, you know, everything in our lease says we have to uh, <clears throat> be uh, decided through arbitration. And an arbitration panel decided the, the force majeure clause just didn't apply in this case. And we also had a uh, we reached out to SO, to our to our landlord SO Green and they um they signed a term sheet with us for uh, um, a percentage lease that would you know get us through this tough time once we were open again and once the hotels were open again and the theaters were open again and people were back in the offices and it was a we were quite happy with this term sheet and we also signed a term sheet saying we'd give them eighty percent of our uh, RF grants money which we were approved for for a big grant and. Uh, the government ran out of that money. We never got the money. And uh, our landlord decided to take us to arbitration because they didn't really want the percentage lease in anymore, I suppose. And um, I'm not sure, but they wanted everything up front again. All of a sudden, they just wanted it all. And we just we told them over and over, this is this has hit us like nothing's ever hit us before. We never missed a rent payment ever in 40 years. Never were a day late in the rent payment. And then, then the pandemic hit. So quite frankly, Joe, it's all about the pandemic, you know. And I don't fault. I mean, you know, it's just it was... That's what it was. You know? Well, it's it's so unfortunate because I am truly a, a bit of an old soul and a historian, uh, if you might, of, of sorts, of New York City. And uh, so many great establishments, not just yours, but places like Dangerfields, yeah. Caroline's, right. and even the Friars Club, of which I'm a member, have all been hit hard by the pandemic. And mm-hmm. uh, to me, it's just really a shame uh, to see so much of the history of New York fall by the wayside all over uh, the, uh, the the almighty dollar. So I am hoping right, that sir. you will be back again very, very soon, Thanks, uh, opening your no, doors in another location. Uh, thank, thank you, Mike, you, for taking the time to talk to me today, and uh, hope to see you uh, again soon, and hope to talk again soon. It, it's a pleasure to Appreciate have you on. It. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get Jerry in touch with my dad, and I'll have a nice chat, reminisce. Yes, please send your regards to Dad, and uh, we will talk soon. And, uh, Mike, thank you again for making the time. I know how crazy right, busy you Appreciate. are. Appreciate giving us the time, too. Thank you. Absolutely. Bye. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, coming up next, we have... An old friend of mine coming on, Mr. Nick Kessler. Now, by day, Nick Kessler is a junior high school shop teacher and was my shop teacher. But over the summertime, he goes out and he traverses the country in his uh, 1960s drop-top caddy, along with his fellow teacher, Brian Fulmer. And they do a little show called Road Trip Masters. And we're going to find out where you should be going this summer on vacation, uh, a little bit outside the New York City metropolitan area, coming up after this. It's tough to know which news outlet to trust at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion. There is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The Answer. Sign up today for an unforgettable experience in Israel this October. Dennis Prager and I are traveling back to the Holy Land on the Stand with Israel Tour with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com and sign up today. This trip of a lifetime to Israel is one you won't want to miss. Register today before it's too late. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com, or call 855 566 
855-565-5519. That's 855-565-5519. So let me ask you, would you like a career in the legal field making great money without having to go to law school and incurring all that debt? One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently. Well, there's this high-powered and lucrative career that you really need to know about. It's called court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info, I-N-F-O, at plazacollege.edu. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins. Suffering an injury in an accident can be a life-changing experience. Whether you've been involved in a car accident, a construction site accident, a slip and fall, or injured because of someone else's negligence, we can help. Our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you are owed. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you have been injured because of someone else's negligence, you have legal rights and may be entitled to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp Leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp Leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We return now with lifetime New Yorker and legal analyst, attorney Arthur Idala and the Arthur Idala Power Hour. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Hello and welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. This is your guest host for today, Joe Sibilia. And joining me is the co-host and executive producer of a great television series called Road Trip Masters. And his name is Nick Kessler. Mr. Kessler, thank you so much for joining me today on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. How are you? I'm doing very well, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. You know, it's 
kind of strange to think that one day I'm sitting in your woodshop class and the next I'm talking to you on uh, the radio here in New York City. Uh, But here we are and you're a national television star. And I want to start off by asking you, why exactly did you, as a shop teacher at a junior high school in Pennsylvania, decide you wanted to become a television host? Well, you know, Joe, it's fairly simple. I think you answered your own question. I'm a teacher, and it was a former student who was at a community college who also happened to be my neighbor, came across the tree line and said, Mr. Kessler, can you help me with a project? I'm a film student at Northampton Area Community College. And uh, I said, yes, I can. I had no experience, and I said, I know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to create a TV show about music and food in the Lehigh Valley, and that's how it started. <laughs> and so now, how did you take that pilot that was made in the college class and get that onto first local cable, and then what gave you the idea to take that and turn that into a national series? Well, you know, after he got his grade on the project, which was to create a half-hour television show, I said, you know what, let's take it to Service Electric. Um, which is the local cable company in our area in the Lehigh Valley. And they took it and they said, can you do 10 episodes? And I said, absolutely we can. And um, so it started right from there. So we did two seasons, 10 episodes in 2011 and 10 in 2012. And then it was suggested that we re-script it and see if we can go national. So um, we re-scripted it, took us several years. And then in 2016, we got uh, with Discovery Communications and started off on Destination America on weekend mornings. And we did 10 episodes in 2016, another 10 in 2017, and then another 10 in 2019. And we just kept going from there. And then obviously, as you know, COVID hit and then that kind of changed things. But we kept trudging on through. We weren't shooting as many episodes, but, you know, we, we kept shooting 2020, 2021. 2022 and heading back out in 2023 this summer. So how do you decide what towns you and uh, Brian Fulmer, who is your co-host, how do you decide which towns exactly you want to go visit? Is it based on places you just would really like to take a vacation to? You know, the first uh, season was everywhere where my aunt and uncle took me and my two brothers. They never had children. So I kind of revisited in that 2016 season every place that they took us to. Um, but then after that, we started to find that our our niche is kind of small town Americana. We're from small towns, Brian and I, and, you know, we often feel they don't get the voice uh, on the national level. And we felt very comfortable because that is basically within our DNA and selecting these towns. You know, a lot of uh, programs, I would suppose, would go out and send people to pre-scout, you see if the area is worthy. But sometimes we just go off of emails that are sent into us. Uh, sometimes we just go out there and talk to other people, friends, family. Hey, have you ever been here? And I'll check it out. And if it fits our show formula, boom, I'll get in contact with the uh, Tourism Bureau or the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, from there, uh, we go and establish an episode. And it's just that simple. So what for you have been some of the highlights so far in uh, the few seasons that you did? And where are you hoping to go uh, down the line as you continue to produce more episodes of the show? You know, we just want to keep giving that that representation, like I said earlier, to those small towns. And the main premise of the show, you know, so many of us get locked into going to the same place year after year. We become complacent. We 
become comfortable. But we also put up with a lot of the stresses and the traffic and uh, the overpopulation of, of some of these popular tourism spots. And that's great and all. But, you know, what the show wants to do is offer you an alternative. You know, so when you do go into Spring Lake, New Jersey, that's coming up. We're going to be filming that June 19th through the 23rd. We'll be down there. Um, you know, one of the sure points that you don't often hear about, and it's just like a really hidden secret gem uh, to go, and we're excited to go there and film. Uh, we're also heading out to Huntington uh, the week after that, out where Juniata College is um, in Pennsylvania, uh, Central PA. Beautiful small town with uh, a great recreational lake there, Raystown, and plenty of other stuff to do as well. And like I said, you pull into some of these towns that we have featured, sometimes you got one stoplight. And you don't have the traffic, you don't have the the frustration of uh, getting into a restaurant or getting into a hotel, and it's just seamless, easy, and you've never been there before, and you experience something totally new. And to me, that's what vacationing and road tripping is all about. So for those in the, uh, the New York metropolitan area, where do you advise they travel to, uh, maybe in New York or New Jersey or Connecticut or one of those types of, uh, one of those uh, areas? You know, we're very fortunate here on the East Coast, as you know, Joe. If you look, we're about 38% of the population is right where we live. And, you know, me being in the Lehigh Valley, you up in outside the city or in the city and, and Jersey and the New England states, we can be to so many destination points in under literally six hours. And that's not that long of a trip without flight or wherever. So we're very fortunate in that aspect. Um, but, you know, some of the places uh, we hit Pennsylvania a lot, not because I'm from Pennsylvania. But uh, we have been as far down as south as uh, northern Georgia. Beautiful small towns throughout nord- northern Georgia. Uh, Lake Lord, North Carolina, on the western part of uh, uh, North Carolina. Absolutely gorgeous. When we did Lake Lore and Chimney Rock, I thought I was over in Europe. And I'm like, how did I not know this before? Um, you know, those are a little bit further destinations. But recently up in Situate, Massachusetts, uh, Old Saybrook, Connecticut, an absolute treasure beautiful there um and like i said we're going to spring lake going to huntington pa um lake placid new york in the summertime tons to do up there you know you even ride the bobsleds the original course that they did in the 80 olympics i mean you get in there it's sure it's on wheels it's not a snow track but you know you're pulling some g's in those corners as they're taking you down on that ride so what mishaps have you had in the course of uh, traveling and filming uh, for Road Trip Masters, if I might ask? Well, you know, well, you know, everywhere we travel everywhere in a 1968 gold drop top caddy. And this thing is not trailered. I wish it could be trailered. <laughs> we would love to be able to have the sponsorship, the trailer. Hey, somebody's fine. But this thing literally uh, going into our fifth scene or fifth season, excuse me, has driven every mile. So some of the setbacks, sometimes we come in on a wing and a prayer. Blown radiator hose, blown radiator core, um, brake cylinder, master cylinder has gone out. Um, drive, shafts have, uh, drive shaft has gone out. Fuel leaks. <laughs> you know, when you're drying, driving this 54-year-old car, 55-year-old car, you know, those are some of the major setbacks. But, you know, when we get into those those towns, you know, we have a great film crew, a great formula that we move forward. You're always going to have little setbacks here and there. There's no doubt about it. But the what I think one of the most amazing things is, is remember, we go in unscripted. And so the people, when we feature these places within our segment, 
everybody always says this, and I'm sure you ran into this too, Joe. Well, I'm nervous. I'm not really good. I don't know how I'm going to do. As soon as the camera starts rolling, they have so much pride in their business and their area. We find that close to 95% of the people come through on camera and they translate extremely well with no preparation, no coaching, no nothing. And that's what I love about the show. It's real, it's natural, and it's true America. For those of the people out there who may view the show and see you, you know, you have a very distinctive look and style. You've got the long hair. You've got the the shades. You're really like a rock star. Where did this influence come from in your life? I mean, even in school, you're like a rock star among the students, but even more so on your television show. Where did you find this style for yourself, Mr. Kessler? Well, you know what? I'll be honest with you. It comes to another teacher. It's amazing how all this stuff comes full circle. Um, back in 1983, Pernod Jolari High School, they had a rock club. And not like rock geology, but rock music. And it was uh, the teacher that um, had that club was Sam Drozik. And he basically taught us how to play rock and roll because my brother played bass, my other brother guitar, and me drums. And, you know, my cousin across the street played guitar, so this was the perfect venue. And uh, he got us started in rock and roll and playing music, which uh, we all still do today. And, uh, you know, back in the 80s, early 80s through the mid 80s, late 80s, if wanted to be in a rock band, you had to have your hair long. And um, so it just I just never got a cut for some reason, because, you know, I love the music I listen to. I'm a metalhead uh, with Metallica, Megadeth and all that type of stuff. And and, you know, just maintain the hair. And plus, a lot of kids will say, Mr. K, how come you never cut your hair? I said, it's easy. You know, as I get older, I might develop a bald spot. And now I got one heck of a comb over. <laughs> you're, you're always planning <laughs> ahead. Uh, Mr. Kessler, before, <laughs> before I let you go, uh, where can people uh, find the show and uh, where can people watch your Road Trip Masters if they want to? Yeah, we're on Amazon Prime. Uh, we are, are also on Crackle, uh, which is a nice AVOD platform uh, comparable with Pluto and Tubi. And uh, our seasons, full seasons, will soon be on with seasons one and two or, or on clack, Crackle with su- seasons three and four soon to come. We're also uh, broadcast on Circle TV. Uh, you can find Circle on NBC Peacock. You can find it on Dish Network. Uh, you can find Circle on streaming. Um, and we're also on Family Channel and Action Channel and soon to be on Insight TV, which is in 53 European countries throughout the world, and that'll take care of our international distribution. And with more things always in the works, you know, we're planning on working with Pluto and Tubi, so um, we need to get those negotiations underway, which already have started, but, you know, the show is constantly expanding. Mr. Kessler, i got to leave it there, but please send my best to the family and Mr. Fulmer, and uh, hope to have you over at Mom's for dinner again soon. And thank you for joining me on uh, the radio today. It's a pleasure to have Absolutely, you. Absolutely, Joe. Absolutely. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, and let me congratulate you on your success as a former student. You know, excellent to see you in New York City and doing what you do. You always said you wanted to be a late-night talk show host, and you're on my way. You're on your way, my friend. Well, let's see what the boss says after today, but thank you for your kind words. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and don't go away because there's lots more to come right here on the Arthur Idala Power Hour on AM 970, The Answer. It's very nice to go traveling, but it's so nice to come home. What does the perfect wedding entail? Just you, the love of your life, your guests, and the iconic New York City skyline. 
Sound too good to be true? Well, guess what? It's not. You can say, I do, with gorgeous views of the New York City skyline in the distance on board the Atlantis yacht of New York Cruises. New York Cruises is the premier unique wedding venue. They have a dedicated staff of experienced hospitality professionals who can provide you with wedding, cruise, event planning services every step of the way. Your guests will be wined and dined on the main deck, sky deck, and lounge deck with 360-degree views of the Manhattan skyline. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagements, and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231. That's 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or just visit NewYorkCruises.com. What are you doing this fall? Would you like to go to Italy with Joe Piscopo? Well, let me tell you about this amazing tour. Rome, Catania, Taromina, Savoca, Forza de Agro, Mount Etna, and Palermo. That's the best of Rome and Sicily for nine nights. What a trip. Enjoy wonderful food and taste classic Italian wine at Mount Etna and see some actual sights used in the iconic Godfather movie. It's a trip you'll remember for years to come. You'll also be treated to an intimate dinner for performance by Joe Joe Piscopo in Rome. It is so much fun. Have your cameras ready. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515. Remember, a Perillo Tour is a stress-free, escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. That's 800-431-1515 to secure your reservation on this very limited tour before it sells out. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. October 18th to 28th. 1-800-431-1515. 1515 or go online to perillotours.com. There's a sad sort of clanging from the clock in the hall and the bells in the steeple too. And up in the nursery an absurd little bird is popping up to say That's what I would be going if I had to do Arthur Idala's job every single day. I don't know how Arthur finds the time to do an hour of radio. It's far more difficult than you think it would be. Uh, but uh, Arthur does it masterfully. And Matt, why are we listening to So Long, Farewell, Al Vieters, and Goodbye from The Sound of Music today? Because it is a song that you picked earlier and told me to play now. No, but there was another reason why we were listening to it. Oh, I guess you didn't bring the list out. Thanks, Sambolino. First you play the wrong song, and then you don't bring the reason why we're playing it. You know and- what? I, something tells me I'm allowed to make mistakes when you're hosting. As long as I'm <laughs> doing it when Arthur's here, I think I'm okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, 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 to, answer, to answer my own question, uh, today in 1967, The Sound of Music in the U.K., was some kind of a chart hit or something or other. You, you can look it up. You have your own phone you're listening on. <laughs> Just uh, Google it. What I really wanted to talk about here was not The Sound of Music. It was actually uh, some other movies that I had watched. I thought I'd kind of talk a little bit about uh, movie recommendations at this point in time. Uh, I, over the weekend... Uh, decided I would subscribe to HBO Max just for the weekend. It's actually now called Max. The HBO is no longer in the name. So why just for the weekend? Uh, just for, well because okay, I have. Let, let me teach you a little something, Matt. This is a cost saving measure that you're <laughs> going to learn from Joe Sibilia at six forty four on AM nine seventy. The answer. So nowadays, you're not really allowed to share your password 
on Netflix especially. Right. Netflix has been cracking down on that. And by the way, I'm convinced that Netflix, there's only one account and everybody shares the same <laughs> password in the world. But uh, nowadays, what I do is if I want to watch a movie that's come out on a streaming service, I subscribe for one month and then I cancel it immediately. Because that way it's not billing me every month until I want to watch something else on there. I subscribe to it again. It's like you're renting a couple of movies at the video store back when they had a brick-and-mortar video store. So that's why I only did it for one day. But on HBO Max, I decided to watch a great documentary about Mary Tyler Moore. And I have to tell you, I was really impressed by it. It was pretty good. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore was quite the complex figure, which I was quite surprised by. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore was a Brooklynite, which I didn't know. She's from the neighborhood that uh, Arthur and I, Idal and I have blazed. Maybe not necessarily Bay Ridge, but she is from Brooklyn. I, I'll call that the neighborhood. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore grew up, as I found out, with two of the coldest parents you could possibly imagine. It was a very tough childhood for her. Where is she had, from again? Uh, she's from Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> That's right. And uh, apparently her father was a very stern, cold sort of a guy. And I had heard Carl Reiner say about Mary Tyler Moore in an interview that her father only paid her one compliment, at least until she was 16 years old. And that was when she was going to a prom of some sort. Her father said that she looked very handsome. Beautiful Mary Tyler Moore. That's the only compliment she got from her father growing up. And her mother was an alcoholic. And Mary Tyler Moore herself became an alcoholic in later years. They talked about that a little bit. They they don't really go so much into the real gory details of her personal life. There are some other uh, sort of skeletons in her closet that they don't get into in the film. Uh, but I thought it was rather tastefully done. They had interviews with a lot of uh, her family and contemporaries. And, uh, I was really surprised to hear... Uh, the, the children of Grant Tinker, her stepchildren from when she was married to Grant Tinker, who was a major television executive, uh, first with MTM, of course, and uh, later on with uh, NBC. Uh, but uh, they interviewed uh, one of her stepchildren, and I was a little disappointed they didn't go into what her relationship was like with them following the divorce, because Mary Tyler Moore had a son very young. I think she was 19 when she had her first and only child. But she did not have a very close relationship with the son. However, strangely enough, she had a closer relationship with her stepchildren than she did with her own son. So I would have liked to have heard a little more about that. But I have to say the best part of the film was the archival footage that they find, home movies and what have you, uh, from her third husband, largely, uh, Dr. Robert Levine. And they even have footage from her bachelorette party. And they do a roast of Mary Tyler Moore in the living room. And Betty White gets up and she's hilarious. And her mother gets up and she's really funny. So all in all, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Now, there is another movie that is in theaters that I am very against wait, wait, wait. Bef- going to see. Before you go on, I have to ask. Yes. You just gave a very nice review of this documentary. Are you the type that goes online and writes a review? No, you know, very rarely do I do that. And strangely enough, this next movie I'm going to tell you about, it really deters me from, from wanting to do that because apparently for the new live-action Little Mermaid that the Walt Disney Company has released into the world, IMDb has 
sort of changed the way they weight reviews because they were getting a barrage of negative reviews. And there's even some sort of a disclaimer on IMDb's website. So the last time I checked, I think the film had somewhere around seven stars when really it was getting uh, far worse reviews than that. But they felt that perhaps the reviewers were being malicious. I was like, oh, here we go. A little bit of Sebastian the Crab. Sebastian is my spirit animal. Alright, so you get the idea. The Little Mermaid, a classic Disney film, and now they're doing a live-action Little Mermaid, and that's been out, and it's garnered some controversy because a lot of times when they do these live-action Disney remakes, they decide to kind of make the films woke. And honestly, that doesn't bother me so much. You're making it for a new generation, a new era. I get it. But what bothers me is that they make these films in the first place. And it go totally goes against everything that the late, great Walt Disney stood for. Now, what do I mean by that? You're thinking to yourself, yes, Sam Bellino. So Walt Disney, very early in his career, had a big hit. 90 years ago, as a matter of fact, with a little film called The Three Little Pigs. And this film was a resounding success for the studio. It garnered critical acclaim, had a big hit song with Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf. And then somebody must have gotten into Walt Disney's ear and said, you know what? We want more of The Three Little Pigs. Can you give us more pigs? So Walt Disney and his team set out to make a few sequels to The Three Little Pigs over the years, none of which were anywhere near the success of the original film that he did back in 1933. And he learned his lesson because uh, when Snow White was released in 1937, and Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, of course, was the first film of its kind, the first Hollywood animated feature film, uh, again, a tremendous success, made millions of dollars for the studio. At the time, the highest grossing film ever made until Gone with the Wind surpassed it a couple years later, uh, a lot of people said, let's have more dwarves, let's have more Snow White. And they did, in fact, start production on a sequel, or pre-production at least. Let me guess, Snow White and the 14 Dwarves. uh, You're close, but no cigar. It was called Snow White Returns, and it was going to use some uh, footage that uh, the team had cut from the original film uh, for uh, time restrictions. But uh, Walt learned... No, I'm not going to follow up more dwarves. Instead, he did four films completely different from what had preceded it. Snow White was 1937. Pinocchio and Fantasia followed in 1940. Dumbo, 1941. And after Dumbo came Bambi. All completely different, and all of them stand the test of time. Now, where am I going with this as to why this pertains to the live-action Little Mermaid? Because Disney constantly retreads itself nowadays. They don't keep moving forward. They don't try and come up with new ideas. Instead, they do these remakes that are, quite frankly to me, just completely inferior to the original films. They degrade, I think, the quality and the value of the animated classics. And Disney has been doing this much further back than you would think, because back in, I think, 1996, they came out with a live-action 101 Dalmatians starring Glenn Close as Cruella DeVille. Now, Sam Bellino and I went with Sam Bellino Jr. to go and see... A 35mm screening of the 1961 animated 101 Dalmatians. Now, Which was a lot of fun. I w- so I was going to say, looking at a film that's about 60 years old at this point, a little over 60 years old, uh, what was your takeaway from seeing that? 
And honestly, can a live action 101 Dalmatians really hold up to the original? No, no, not, not at all. But I mean, I would assume Disney is putting out these movies to attract a new, newer audience. I also think a live action film, special effects get better every year, which is why some films are re-released. But again, I do prefer an original idea rather than a remake or a sequel or a prequel. So it's funny you mentioned sequel because Disney went through this phase back when I was growing up. I had to survive just the most horrendous onslaught of direct-to-VHS Disney sequels. <laughs> Things like Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure, starring Chaz Palminteri, who, by the way, is a friend of uh, the show and this radio station. Uh, and Chaz, by the way, was great in the film. But then you had things like Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time, and uh, Lion King 1 and a Half. You know, all these right. films... All it does is degrade the quality of the original, and I think Disney needs to... Walt Disney, right now, is rolling over in his cryogenic chamber that he's frozen in. He would never be able to handle this. By the way, have you considered taking your child to Disney World, Matt? I, I have, until I saw the prices in this day of inflation. Uh, it's a little costly. A See, little costly. I think that would drive him even crazier, that Disneyland, when it first opened in 1955, was supposed to be a place where... All families from all walks of life could come and enjoy. You know, you, you bought the ticket book, but I mean, you know, he certainly made his money off Disneyland. He yes, made a fortune for sure. when a lot of people said he wouldn't. But it, the idea wasn't to gouge families so that, you know, to stand in line, you're paying a fee practically. <laughs> to you have to pay rides. a fee if you want to cut the line, let alone just walk it to the park. I, listen... I think it's sick, uh, but you know what? Hopefully, uh, we can pray that uh, the Walt Disney Company will turn itself around and uh, sort of get off this. You have uh, to take out a loan just to buy the Mickey Mouse-shaped <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> exactly, Matt. You know it. You know it. Now, as far as other movies to watch, you know, it, it's funny. I can't really find any that really intrigue me. There's one coming out with Jennifer Lawrence that I'm interested in seeing. Uh, and uh, Matthew Broderick is in it, and that seems like it's going to be a fun movie. But but I don't know. I have to see. Now, a good television show that I've been watching, and this is in honor of my good friend Bradley Clark, whose birthday it is today, there has been sort of a miniseries airing on ABC all about the history of game shows. And quite creatively, it's called The Game Show... Uh, it's The Game Show... Show. I, th I think that's what it's called. It, very confusing. But it's a, a very interesting series. But it's funny what you they... You see what happens when there's a writer's strike. This is the <laughs> names that they can come up with. Exactly. The game show show. <laughs> exactly. And it's bizarre, though, because the things they consider game shows, I feel like, are really a stretch. Like, Shark Tank is classified on this show as a game show. No, Do you think of Shark no, Tank as a game show? No, that and, should not be a game show. And similarly, they refer to Donald Trump as a game show host uh, hosting The Apprentice. I don't think of that. Well, it. look, I, I mean, the late night talk shows, every bit is a game show bit on the late night talk show. Whatever happened to, you know, actually sitting down with someone and having a long form interview? I know. I miss it. But fortunately, that's what we have talk radio for. Uh, before we go, uh, Joan Pelzer, who I must thank for all of her assistance in uh, having me fill in for her today, uh, wanted me to uh, give a plug uh, for Spirituality Week. Now, if you don't know what this is, it's community-produced citywide festival that will nourish the spiritual needs of uh, New Yorkers uh, of all sorts. 
And the festival contains hundreds of events that are going to be hosted by emerging practitioners and spiritual centers. It's founded by a gentleman by the name of Peter Corbett, uh, who is a, 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 a Roshi, a Rashi, something like that, a shaman, and uh, also uh, Ross Gutler, the CEO of the Open Center. And uh, she wanted me to mention this and, and give a plug to Spirituality Week. So I have done that just for Joan Pelzer. I want to thank Arthur Idala for uh, putting his trust into me to sit in for him today and thank you to Sam Bellino for all of his help behind the board and Joan Pelzer and Jerry Crowley I hope you enjoyed the show please tell me you enjoyed the show and uh, thank you for listening and I hope to join you again very soon on the Arthur Idala Power Hour this is Joe Sibilia signing off and enjoy the rest of your evening and we'll be back tomorrow with Arthur Idala himself in person on AM 970 The Answer everybody needs a best friend I'm yours A fool could see Decidedly It's your return and I'm Free A royal breed is what you need So how do you come to be stuck with a bummer Like me You got a head full Of someone dreadful But how the someone adores you Everybody needs A best friend I'm happy I'm yours the Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, sponsored by Bay Ridge Honda. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.